Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 221 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Vex! (laughs) (laughs) I I see what you did there, sir. I see what you did there. Sampling me and adding it to my own sound effects. Yes, yes. It's cunning. It's cunning. I'll give you that. If you do that, people are going to hear you've done this and start doing things like this. You're going to start a trend. (laughs) Well, you know, I always wanted to be a trendsetter. So, you know. (laughs) It's bad enough with people like spamming chat on Twitch and things with the the emote of my face. You you were the one that put the emote of your face on there. So it's entirely your own fault. I regret my choices. I didn't really realize what would happen. Anytime I turn up in anyone's Twitch stream, anyone that knows me then puts like, um, they put hundreds of the things. Yeah, just yeah. Like, the chat is just full of pictures of my face sticking my tongue out. I just, I only made those emotes because I, I didn't expect to get any subscribers. And then I got a couple of subscribers and I was like, oh no, no you've got no badges. You've got no emotes. Like I haven't done the thing because I, I just didn't think it would happen. So I just quickly made a couple from graphics I already have. And I just thought, oh, well, you know, I'm known for pulling a silly face. I'll just stick that in. I'll delete it later. And now basically everyone's told me I'm not allowed to get rid of it. Yeah, no, you're not. Not at all. Because it's funny. Yeah. That, uh, and the, that and the puppet, <sighs> the uh, Muppet emote I really like as well. Yeah, well, that was drawn by Zombie Workshop, which is incredible. Yes, bit of it is. He sent me out of nowhere and I was like, now I have to use this as an emote. Yeah. Um, he drew the um, heavy metal cat as well, if you've seen that one. Oh, I've not seen that one. I'll have to it, look. It's, it's a blue cartoon cat throwing the, the, the sort of the horns uh, with lightning behind it. It's it's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I was he sent me that and I was like, well, obviously I'm using that. That yes. just epitomizes my own ridiculous aesthetic. Yes. Uh, geekiness, cats and heavy metal. Yes, totally. So Twitch streaming you've been doing this week, obviously. Uh, what else have you been up to? Uh, that's taken a reasonable amount of time with all of the shift quantum playing. Yes. That game is amazing. It is very good. It's getting really, really difficult now. We're halfway through the game. And uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's an incredible 2D platform puzzler. It's the kind of natural sequel to a very old game that was a flash game many, many years ago. But this is far more complex, gorgeous to look at, black and white graphics with the occasional little yellow highlight and everything inverts and the air becomes solid and the solid becomes air. And it's just, it's devilishly difficult. And they're still adding new mechanisms. Like I'm halfway through the game and they're still adding new mechanisms and new ways of you having to interact with the level it's brilliant it's so rewarding 
rewarding when you when you complete a level. It really, really is. Yeah, it's a really fun looking game that I will have to uh, have a go at it at some point. Yeah, it's, it's really, really worth playing. Um, I met the guys that, that created it the other year when they just had it in a, in a sort of beta version and loved it then, saw it from a distance and just loved it from the visuals and now playing it. I mean, it could become quite frustrating when you've spent, I think one level took me an hour. Some levels have taken me like a couple of minutes and I've just looked at it and gone, oh, I can see how that works. One level took me an hour. And I know I was slightly ill at the time, but I don't think that was the reason. It was just preposterously difficult, that one. But it, it's good to see. And it's fun seeing, it's like some people find some levels really easy and then other levels difficult. And it just depends on how your brain works and trying to remember where everything is and where it all is when it's inverted and it's all the other way up and stuff like that. So I've been enjoying that immensely. And I've still got a, a lot more. I mean, like I said, I'm only halfway through the game. I thought I would have finished it by now. It's, it's a bigger game than I realized. Then I've got the level builders and traps and other levels and stuff to do. So yeah, definitely uh, loving that one. Uh, what else have I been doing? I finished watching The Dark Crystal finally. Oh, yes. Yes. So yeah. Did you watch that one? I haven't got to it yet. No, I, I no, keep on meaning to get to it. I don't want to say it. any spoilers. <laughs> I haven't got to it yet. But uh, yeah, it is on my list of things that I need to watch. I've just had other things that have got in the way. So, yeah. Do you know if they're doing another season for it? There's been talk of possibly doing something, another one, but um, nothing officially confirmed at the moment. Mm, it's I mean, it's beautiful to look at the, because it's all Jim Henson puppets and mm. things. And obviously like that, I mean, the first, the original movie came out um, in the early 80s and, and it was beautiful. Yes. And now it's it's even more so because we've got all those years of learning between then and now and yeah. really, really clever use of tiny bits of CGI, just tiny little bits to add to things. Oh, cool. So they have used some big CGI backdrops where they need to show a big landscape and sometimes you can kind of see where they're on a TV budget with those, strangely. Right. But where they've used tiny bits of CGI with the puppets, like to make um, add a tongue moving in a particular way or add some right. glint in an eye or something like that. Really subtle, very difficult to tell where one starts and, and the other ends. Um, but yeah, I, w- I don't want to give you too many spoilers, but I do recommend people watch it. And I think because it's a prequel uh, and because they do explain a lot, because a lot of people won't have seen this film in a very long time, mm. I think it's pretty accessible to newcomers as well, which is which oh, is quite nice. Good. Yeah, I know I will go and uh, watch it at some point. It's just a, been a long list of things to get through and new shows starting and stuff. So I haven't got to it yet. Yeah. Uh, what else have I been doing? I've been watching although it's quite difficult to watch the uh, the last series of Black Mirror. Right, yes. Now, I heard you talking a little bit about this. I found the first episode, because there was only three episodes this season, the first episode yeah. I found relatively forgettable. The Andrew Scott one I really enjoyed, and I really like the Miley Cyrus one as well. Yeah, I've seen the, the Miley episode, the Ashley one, and the the Fighting Vipers one. Yes, which is the um, first one. Yeah, it, it's a very strange series because the acting is top notch yes the acting is is absolutely top notch but the plots don't really have and some of them are covering some big weighty topics but the episodes by the end of the episode that doesn't feel like it has any weight nothing really happens at the end of them the conclusion is just life carries on there's no impact of all of the events of the episode at the end and you kind of just sit there going well so what was the point it's very strangely written that the tone of these episodes i'm just kind of i'm not quite getting them and the ashley one with miley cyrus 
again, brilliant acting, great performances, but halfway through, it just changes tone. Yeah, no, there is a, is a definite, like, right turn halfway through that episode. Yeah, and it suddenly becomes a road trip adventure, and you're kind of like, but hang on a minute, this was really serious a minute ago, and I yeah. thought there was going to be some implication and some character development from all of these things we were seeing, and then they just kind of went, ah, let's kind of go a little bit Disney here, this, that was getting a bit heavy, and, and yeah, very, very bizarre. Not unenjoyable to watch, mm. but yeah, I didn't really see where it was going. It's like they slightly lost their way with it. Love the use of music, though. Using yeah. the reworked versions of Nine Inch Nails songs yeah. was yeah. very clever. Um, yeah. Although I did retweet a, a newspaper article by a very large newspaper, who I won't name, although it's on my Twitter account, where they d- described the uh, most famous song ever by Nine Inch Nails as generic grunge. <laughs> um, and didn't realise, despite Trent Reznor's name being in the credits, right? Yes, that it was a very famous song. It also isn't grunge. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I can see that that, uh, a lot of interesting reception and reviews of of this series. Not sure what it's, uh, especially with the shorter amount of episodes, what it's going to mean for Black Mirror in the future. Yeah, well, I mean, it's shorter amount of episodes because they blew most of the budget on Bandersnatch, I think. (laughs) Um, Which I did, I think, won an Emmy last week. So, you know, I I think it's probably safe, given that, you know, given that Bandersnatch won the Emmy. The Andrew Scott one, which is the one you haven't seen, is probably the closest to being old school Black Mirror actually out of those three episodes okay I've so, just been I wanted to watch the Miley Cyrus one because someone said there was a Nine Inch Nails song in it and it was Miley Cyrus and I was like well obviously I need to see yes yes how the hell that goes together but it was uh, it's been strange so far I will watch the other one but I'm finding it kind of difficult to, to to kind of keep myself engaged with watching the series because it just seems so tonally jumpy and strange but I'll watch the final one as well because I need to see um need to see what it's about but yeah yeah, so different from Bandersnatch, completely and utterly, you wouldn't believe it was the same people if you didn't know. Well, I mean, in some cases they're not, because they're sort of different directors and they're not all Charlie Brooker either, so, you know. Well, um, the Miley one was. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. It's been an interesting mix, that that series. Yeah. I mean, you know, it can be a bit up and down Black Mirror, but there is a certain tone you usually expect to it, and that was uneven, that series, definitely. But the Andrew Scott one is very, very good. I really like that one as well yeah i really enjoyed the electric dreams anthology series and i hoped we'd have more of more of that but i think partly because it was um broadcast with such big gaps between the episodes yeah. that we haven't seen more because i think there is room for more of these anthology series maybe rather than just continuing to make more series of black mirror maybe we need some some of the other guys to to get more of a chance to make some more of theirs yeah i i don't think we'll see any more of the electric dreams thing i think it was it was a nice little series they put together but the guys are off kind of I mean it took them a long time to pull that together and yeah. Ronald D. Moore's got a whole bunch of other things to work on and Michael Dino is, yeah. is a couple of small projects yeah, yeah a couple <laughs> of tiny projects uh, and uh, Michael Diner is uh, actually it, it, there's a series called Unbelievable on uh, Netflix which is brilliant uh, very different to sort of the other kind of you know not sci-fi or anything like that but uh, he was directing a couple of episodes of that I know noticed his name pop up on the credits but that's well worth watching as well other than that i'm mostly prepping for all of the event
events this month. Yes, crazy amount of events for for you this month. I'm not doing all of them. I am doing MCM later on, but you've got EGX and you've got Play Expo as well, haven't you, this month? Yes, yes, I've got, and I've got um, a trip up to the Arcade Club as well. There's an event going on there. So I shall be all over the country zipping about and not seeing my own house for multiple weeks at a time (laughs) doing all of the events. Um, Yes, and I'm prepping for um, hosting one of the panels at Play Expo as well, so that's going to be good fun. I might possibly be doing a panel at one of the other events as well, which will be good. So all of the excite and yeah, going to be brilliant fun or go crazy. I may then sleep and just hibernate (laughs) <laughs> I may just hibernate at that point, really. Yes. And then you'll see me again when it's sunny. Well, hopefully I'll see you at MCM in London on the 25th. So, you know. <laughs> so for me, lots of TV because we are starting to come back to TV again. I finished off Carnival Row this week, which I really enjoyed. As I've previously described it as being sort of Ripper Street with fairies. And there is a certain amount of that to it. But it's it's just got this lovely kind of steampunk, Edwardian, Victorian-y kind of aesthetic to it the story kind of dips a little bit sort of through the middle i mean it's eight episodes long and you kind of feel there could have been a little bit tightening up in it but uh, overall i think it's a really interesting series and i'm intrigued to see where they move it through to for the second season it's sort of this detective drama this this kind of love story but it's all set up in this fantasy world where there are pixies and centauri type creatures and all, all sorts of stuff so i'm really really quite enjoying that that's over on amazon if you want to go and watch that one krypton returned for its second season and the opening episode introduces lobo which i rather enjoyed unfortunately the second season is also going to be its last season and that lobo spin-off series isn't happening now but uh, it's real shame that they i mean it's sci-fi and it's money that's basically the reason why it's not yeah it's an expensive forward. series it's so I, beautiful yeah. to look at but i mean just the amount of time and attention they spend on costuming not including like the sets and the the effects and everything else and i mean a lot of those sets aren't cgi either a lot of the Mm. sets particularly the ones on krypton are physically built sets so they have them there and they are all fully kind of built sets because we interviewed one of the casts last year when the first season came out and she was like yeah no they're incredible to work on because they're physically in the place which is is quite amazing so yeah i'm i'll be sad to not see that around anymore because i really do enjoy that series i think it's fun and it's funny and it's a different part of the world of sort of dc that we haven't seen before and uh, it's nicely put together and who'd have thought they'd introduced a TV version of Lobo and he's great as well I mean he's not as big as maybe you'd like him to be but the characterization I think is fabulous so uh, yeah I'm I'm quite enjoying that that is uh, now back on E4 the Good Place returned for its fourth season, which I very, very much enjoyed. Slight change of direction again after the events of season three. I, I won't go in and spoil it for anybody just in case people haven't seen it yet, but I thoroughly enjoyed that coming back. Uh, Suits had its finale, so it is now done. Really beautiful way of finishing that show of where they kind of leave all the characters. Felt right, felt like they'd really gone in you know with some thoughts about how they wanted to wrap things up and they they did such a beautiful job with it i thought it was it was one of the most satisfying finales i've seen in 
a very very long time and uh, you know brought people back and and they managed to get as many people in as possible as they could uh, apart from a certain royal that <laughs> that uh, obviously she wasn't there but you know the, the rest of the cast were there which is great so I really enjoyed that and uh, gaming wise I've been playing the beta of Planet Zoo which for those of you that know Planet Coaster it's from the same people it's from Frontier Planet Zoo is basically very similar in terms of mechanics to Planet Coaster but you're running a zoo instead so that's the... that sounds chaotic uh, it's it's in beta at the moment it is a little bit chaotic there are bugs in it there are some quite major bugs on it in places at the moment but it is a beta so that's absolutely fine like I, I opened up my zoo the one day went to build a new habitat for something discovered I couldn't and the reason being I couldn't was I I was suddenly instantly like 300 million pounds in debt <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> well that just makes it more realistic yeah so this, is, this isn't the beta this is just the real life version where you just wake up look at your life and realise yeah so <laughs> you, you can't do that <laughs> uh, yeah there are some little bugs like that and it, yeah there are crashes and, and things like that it is in beta at the moment it is due to go properly live I think at some point early next month so I think they've got a month long of sort of bug squashing but it's it's great fun it is it's beautiful I mean they've done such a lovely job with the animal animations and you know people posting wonderful photos of like close-ups of the animals and the habitats they're building are just phenomenal um you have to sort of work out you know the right habitat for the right animal and and you can kind of carve out the landscape to build things and you've got to build all the habitats for them and provide the food and entertainment for them and all that sort of stuff it's really really good fun if you like those sort of building games uh, planet zoo is going to be definitely one to look, look out for when it's released properly next month is that in an open beta or do you have that through sneaky sneaky pre like um, pre beta access <laughs> it's if you buy the deluxe edition you get access to the beta so, okay cool so you get to sort of play in the sandbox a bit <laughs> yeah um it is but i think the beta's only open until the 8th of october so there's only a, like another week of the beta left and then they're going to shut it down for about a month and then it gets released i think it's on the 5th of november they're releasing it at the moment so we'll we'll see whether that date sticks but that's the plan right now so uh yeah it, but if you like those sort of building games planet zoo definitely one worth going out to uh, get a hold of a copy of and uh, my run through the MCU is nearly at an end. I've just come to the end of Captain Marvel. So I've basically got Infinity War in Endgame left to do, which I've actually watched both of them again quite recently. So I was watching them again, again. Captain Marvel, I, I enjoyed another run through that. I, I quite like that character. Um, I've still not seen it. <laughs> yeah, you should watch it. It is good. She's she's like sassy and sarcastic and I, I rather like that. It, it works quite well. It's just been really nice running back through all these films and watching all the sort of tie-ins to, you know, seeing how things connect and stuff that you may have missed when you're not watching them sort of all back to back so yeah uh, well yeah. they put so many tiny details in it's in the the first hulk one there's a lightning strike in the background of one scene where they drive past something and that's thor's hammer landing <laughs> there's all these little things that when you watch them back to back you suddenly go hang on a minute but then is that the thing is that oh this is all happening at the same time yeah they put yeah. so much pre-planning in and i love those little knots because it doesn't matter if you miss it but if you spot it it's just like this little extra thing where you're like oh cool that's yeah. there and it's fun seeing how characters have evolved like i watched the first thor movie and 
little while ago and seeing how much like yeah. Thor and obviously Loki have changed and developed as characters it's, it's brilliant because it just sort of happens naturally over the films and you sort of sort of go back from a very recent film to then watch something one of the very early ones and you're like I hadn't actually clocked how different these are yeah, and yeah. they're fun in their own ways the evolution of Thor is probably and well and Loki uh, probably the biggest evolution throughout the entire movie franchise and Ragnarok I said I think last week Ragnarok is probably my third favourite film out of the entire MCU the top two being Infinity War and Endgame but I mean I think Ragnarok's just a fabulous fabulous movie it's it's got just the right amount of kind of fun action silliness just beautifully put together I I thoroughly thoroughly love that film so I'm very much looking forward to the next one when uh, that comes out it'd be interesting to see where the MCU goes next because we're on a little bit of a break from the MCU Uh, I still haven't seen Spider-Man I've got to see the uh, Far From Home which is out later this month on home release so I'm waiting for that to come when that comes out that will be the last thing on the MCU list and then I've got to go and find something else to watch so (laughs) are you going to go and watch the Joker I don't know whether I'm going to get to the cinema I I was supposed to go and then plans changed so I may go to the cinema to watch it I may wait wait until it comes out on home release I'm not sure yet do you want to see the film definitely it's Mm. it's going to be interesting speaking of the Joker we have some Batman news coming up so uh, let's move on to some TV and film news ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So the TV and film news this week, we kick off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. We have uh, one cancellation, although it's for a show that's never actually aired over here, but might be of interest. Pretty Little Liars spin-off The Perfectionists has been cancelled after one season, so that makes it highly unlikely we'll ever actually see it over here. The Ghost Rider series, which was announced a few months back on Hulu, is apparently not moving forward due to creative differences. No, I was looking forward to that. Yeah, I was really shame. Hulu are saying they're very happy with the Hellstrom series, which was the other one that was announced at the same time. So that one is moving forward still at the moment, but the Ghost Rider series isn't happening, which is a real shame. Stranger Things has officially been renewed for season four to the to the surprise of absolutely nobody, <laughs> I think. Uh, so, so that will be back. They did release a very tiny little announcement trailer, which uh, does have the tagline, we're not in Hawkins anymore. Although I suspect they will be in Hawkins a bit but it, it looks like it's not all going to be in Hawkins this season so uh, so that's coming and uh, the Duffer Brothers the people behind it have signed an overall deal with Netflix for new series and films so there's a lot more interesting stuff I think coming from them so that should be quite good uh, Stanakatix Absentia has been renewed for the third season at Amazon I haven't, still haven't got around to watching the second season of that but uh, I really enjoyed the first season so uh, that is good that that's coming back big news on the MCU Spider-Man is 
back in the MCU because if you remember a few weeks ago there was a big bust up between Marvel and Sony which looked like that Spider-Man was going to be dropped from the MCU unfortunately because they were arguing over money it seems that they've managed to sort all that out now so uh, Kevin Fahey the boss of Marvel is now coming back for a third Spider-Man movie as producer they also are going to allow Spider-Man back into the MCU at least for one film so we don't know whether he'll kind of be back for more after that or it'll be one and done we don't know uh, Kevin Feige was also hinting that Spider-Man is one of the few characters that can traverse the multiverse and he also mentions that Sony have their own multiverse going so it looks like you might be getting Spider-Man crossing into the sort of Venom-verse side of things as well which could be interesting. He certainly seemed to be hinting yeah, at I'll that. Yeah, I'll make some kind of slightly unhappy noises about that over here. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't get me on a rant about, like, much as I kind of enjoyed Venom for humour purposes. Yes. As a Venom movie, it Can't wasn't. Much. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> it wasn't no. Venom, but I quite kind of enjoyed the movie. But I won't, I won't get on a rant there, otherwise the rest of the podcast will just be me ranting about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. No, I know exactly what you mean, though. Uh, but yes, so we we may see a more traditional kind of Spider-Man Venom thing happening, but we'll have to see about that. But he is definitely back in the MCU, at least for one more film. And Kevin Feige is back in charge of the uh, the third Spider-Man movie. So, yay, that's all good. That's <laughs> I'm happy about that. Sticking with films, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill and Laura Dern are all returning for Jurassic World 3, which I think is quite good news. They'll be uh, joining the Jurassic World current cast of Chris Pratt and whoever the other character is I can't remember her name's gone out of my head but uh, it means that you're going to get like all the original Jurassic Park people together and the Jurassic World people together which could be quite good fun I think it would just be all the Jurassic Park characters going how have you not learned (laughs) there's a little like nine minute short that they released online as well which kind of bridges the gap between Jurassic World 2 and 3 because Jurassic World 2 ended up in a situation where the the dinosaurs are kind of out in the world so there was a little sort of thing that was kind of bridging the gap between the two of a group of people camping and 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 it's but that's up on the website if you want to go and have a look at that and uh, the batman news i mentioned jonah hill and jeffrey wright are apparently in talks to join robert patterson in matt reeves the batman which is the new batman movie with robert Patterson under the cowl. Jeffrey Wright, who you might know as Bernard from Westworld, is apparently in talks for the role of Commissioner Gordon. Hill is looking to be cast as an unknown villain or unnamed villain at the moment. We'll have to wait and see. A lot of people saying, oh, he's got to be the Penguin because Jonah Hill's been various weights, I guess. And that seems to be what they were going for. I think he'd make quite a good Riddler, actually. But we'll have to see. I think they've already ruled out the possibility. Reeves has already said it. It'd be a bit on the nose to put him in a penguin. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you reckon? Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, Jonah Hill um, as a villain? I, I think the entire internet only cares about the fact Robert Patterson is being Batman. <laughs> I think everyone else is basically going to get a free pass to yeah. do whatever they want and won't get questioned too much because literally the entire internet just, just cares that a sparkly vampire is being Batman. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of where all of the things are 
I've seen I've not really seen anyone tweeting or saying anything about the others. Um, I think I think they'll do a good job. Um, it'll be interesting to know who the villain's going to be and to to see how that one develops because I think there's just there's going to be so much social media kind of weighing in because of their casting choices. Although we had the same thing with Batfleck as well. Every time a Batman has been picked, going back to Michael Keaton. Everybody um, hates it. Everybody <laughs> hates it until they get on screen and then everybody loves it. It's like picking a mm. Doctor Who, you know? Everybody hates it until until they're actually there and then they're the best thing ever and then everybody hates the person that replaces them. So, you know, it's that sort of cycle we're in. I think Robert Pattinson will be absolutely fine as, as Batman. I think he'll be do a perfectly good job. Jeffrey Wright, I would watch in anything, and I can can totally see him as Commissioner Gordon. I think that works. Jonah Hill, as I say, Riddler, I think will be an interesting one for Jonah Hill, but we'll have to mm. see. Riddler whether... doesn't get enough love, apart from in the Gotham TV show. The yeah. Riddler doesn't really get enough love. I mean, it wasn't you know Jim Carrey was an interesting Riddler, but he was a very particular. Yes, um, he was a very that particular run of Batman movies was a very particular style. Yes, <laughs> it would Uneven, be nice to see him say, on the big screen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, so it'd be nice to see this sort of calculating, slightly more serious Riddler on screen. I'd quite like that. Um, mm. Interesting, that. Sticking with superheroes and DC, over on TV, they've announced that there is an Arrow spin-off in development with Laurel, Diner, and Mia as the lead characters. So Arrow, obviously, we know is coming to an end with a final 10-episode run, which will finish at the start of next year. This will be a direct spin-off of Arrow, which will be backdoor piloted as part of that run. It will feature Katie Cassidy-Rogers as Laurel Lance. It will have Dinah Drake in it. It will have Catherine McNamara as Mia Smoke. The idea is that Mia will follow in her dad's footsteps and pick up the mantle of Green Arrow. If you've been watching the current season of Arrow, Mia was a character from the uh, 2040 Flash Forward timeline, which does include Laurel Lance and Dinah Drake in it as well. So it rather sort of looks like it's going to be set in the 2040 timeline. I mean, it's not impossible that Mia somehow ends up going back in time, but it looks like it's going to be set in that that 2040 timeline with Laurel kind of playing that version of kind of Black Siren, Black Canary, um, depending what day it is, and uh, the Dinah Drake version of Black Canary as well. And then a sort of female green arrow i think it could be interesting i think that the the main kind of arrow timeline i started to fall a bit behind with a lot of it i felt they'd kind of they tried to come up with more and more ways in which the city could be exploded and (laughs) i'd been sort of going back for it because they kept casting really awesome people as the antagonists rather than because i felt the series still had legs so changing it up that much if they want to move it forward a bit in time they want to change up the cast a bit i think that could be really interesting and they're quite good at doing different tones with their different shows and bringing something different each time arrow and flash for example they can cross over and they can do all these things but they're very different shows with their very own strong voices of their own so i'd be interested to see what this one was going to be like and i will definitely check it out yeah they're also they've upped people for the final season they've upped a couple of people to series regulars which would also point to this new season probably being in the 2040 timeline because uh, william clayton queen he's going to be a series regular for the final season connor hawk he's going to be a regular for the final season and they also added John Diggle Jr., played by Charlie Bennett from Chicago Fire, is is a new character for the final season as well. So the fact that they were adding new people in and upping them to series regulars kind of points towards the fact that this is 
this spin-off series, should it go ahead, will be set in the 2040 timeline. And, and, you know, so you're going to end up with a younger cast, which sort of fits the CW aesthetic as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it was the obvious place to go. If you were going to do a direct spin-off of Arrow, that seemed like the obvious direction to go in. I know there's been a mixed reaction to that sort of Arrow kids kind of timeline, but yeah, I'm. I'd be interested to see what they do with it. I yeah, think. if it wants to be the TV version of Young Justice, then that yeah. cartoon was amazing, and yeah. it showed that you could do very different things. And that had a um, a female Green Arrow type character in it who right. was incredible. So they could be looking to that maybe slightly as an unofficial inspiration because it has been done really, really well. And I don't normally watch stuff that's kind of more teen kind of aimed. It was one no. of the things I had with things like Smallville and Krypton. Was there? They were a little bit teen kind yeah. of plots which don't always appeal to me but I watched Young Justice and I loved that and that was a cartoon so if, if they can do it I'm sure these guys can do because like I mean you look at especially the earlier series of Arrow and most of Flash it's just gold yeah I think that will be quite interesting you know they've got a good mix of people in there and it allows them to play around with stuff so you know we'll, we'll see what they do but uh, and we'll see whether it actually works but we will get to see the pilot of that because the pilot is going to be a backdoor pilot which means it's part of the season eight run of arrow so we will get to see what that may look like moving on to other shows showtime have ordered a ripley series based on the patricia highsmith novel starring andrew scott before you get all excited this isn't anything aliens related this is based on the talented mr ripley tom ripley books so uh i'm sure you remember the film uh with starring matt damon and jude law there was the talented mr ripley there was ripley's game which starred john malkovich um and and there was a whole bunch of books as well, which is the, this was all based off. This is going to be an eight episode series written by the Oscar winner Steve Zalian, who wrote Schindler's List and The Night Of, based on the four Tom Ripley novels. Andrew Scott, of course, from Fleabag and Sherlock and other things as well, taking the title role. In the series, Tom Ripley is a grifter scraping by in early 1960s New York, hired by a wealthy man to travel to Italy to try to convince his vagabond son to return home tom's acceptance of the job is the first step into a complex life of deceit fraud and murder um the film was a great idea it's, it's a really interesting idea as well because i've not read the books but i did see the movie do you know this property particularly i haven't read the books i remember watching the movie and really really liking it but i saw that in the cinema and haven't seen it since right yes so i will probably need to do a bit of reading up and and things on 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 that one but it's it's obviously uh a franchise that people feel quite inspired to make properties out of so and a tv series would be an interesting different format to put it in rather than having put it in a movie so yeah be an interesting one to to watch so i think andrew scott's a great cast for that as well because andrew scott has that wonderful ability to be sort of charming but also incredibly devious so i think that is a really good pick he fits very very well into that role of tom ripley so yeah i'm i'm really interested to see that it's showtime so that i think that means it should probably end up on sky atlantic over here but we'll we'll have to wait and see they've not officially announced anything yet 
moving on, other new TV shows in the works. There is a Walker Texas Ranger reboot in the works with Supernatural's Jared Padalecki in the lead role. So if you were wondering what the Supernatural boys are doing next, that is what one of them is doing anyway. Walker Texas Ranger, for those of you not old enough to know the original series, followed a man finding his way back to his family while investigating crime in the state's most elite unit. The broken widow and father of two returns home to Austin after being undercover for two years for a high-profile case, only to discover there is even more work to be done at home. Walker would have a female partner in this version, which he didn't in the original series. Uh, They're described as the modern-day heroes our world needs, following their own moral code to fight for what's right, regardless of the rules. So, I mean, it's sounding a little bit sort of set up procedurally. Um, I don't know whether I ever saw the original Walker, Texas Ranger. Was it ever a show you watched? I tend to find anything that's sort of in that area kind of doesn't really gel no. with me lack of spaceships lack of explosions um i yeah i the sort of the the pacing and tone of those kind of shows even the ones that are more actiony i'd never really got on board with so i wouldn't have watched any of the original and i think i would just think it was i i, I it's very different when you've played a character for that long like yeah it's very difficult to then see that actor in a different role and he's gonna have like a tough time on his hands with people not just sort of wanting him to be sam yeah i mean i I wonder if they're going to cut his hair for that because that would be a very definite change. That would be like when they cut Thor's hair. You just sit there watching the whole trailer going, I can't remember anything else that's happened in the trailer because the hair's gone. <laughs> yeah. So I do wonder. I, I do wonder whether they're going to cut his hair for it. But um, yeah, the original series, Walker, Texas Ranger, ran from 93 to 2001, starred Chuck Norris in the uh, title role. So, I mean, he's fairly big shoes to fill it's going to be a straight reboot it's not going to be like a continuation of the original series in the vein of of magnum or macgyver or the myriad of other reboots cbs has on its schedule uh so it is i think it's cbs that are are looking to probably pick this up um it comes from cbs studios they are shopping it around it may end up on cbs it may end up on cw we don't know yet uh it's been written by anna frink who is a writer from wayward pines uh she wrote some of the I think the US version of Being Human and Valor it's got uh, Dan Lin who was a, a producer on Lethal Weapon producing interesting thing to kind of drag up to, to come back but uh, yeah. yeah good to see the Supernatural guys are immediately being picked up for, for more roles especially one like that that could be another another long running yeah. type scenario for them but just way outside of my, my area of expertise yes I know exactly what you mean And lastly in news, Spitting Image could be returning after 23 years off the TV. I'm very, very happy about this news. For those of you that don't know Spitting Image, because it has been 23 years, basically a satirical puppet show. It was created by three caricaturists who made these really quite grotesque puppets of various public figures and put them in various ridiculous situations. Uh, The original show was very, very kind of British. It focused a lot on the monarchy and the political system at the time which was people like Thatcher and John Major and stuff like that this new version is also coming from uh, Peter Flirt, Roger Law and uh, Martin Lambrinan who are the three original 
caricaturists it's coming from them as well but uh, it will have Jeff Westbrook who previously worked on The Simpsons and Futurama as showrunner the new show would be shot in the UK but Westbrook would be running the writers room from the US so it's designed to have a bit more of a global appeal it was interesting Roger Law actually said it's pretty chaotic out there as far as I'm concerned it's better than shouting at the television set anybody in the public eye will be fair game so it looks like he's basically been sat watching various awful people on TV and gone, we really need to bring the image back for these guys. So, I mean, there are a lot of people that you could take shots at at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is this is quite a nice idea. And I love the original. So um, they've done a pilot, no deal in place yet, but they are in advanced talks with various US companies as well as people in the UK to set it out. Is this going to be puppets again? Yes, yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's all puppets again. Uh, oh. There are actually some photos up on the website of some of the puppets they've done. They've got like Harry and Megan with Megan wearing like a princess t-shirt uh, with one of them. Uh, there's a fairly grotesque Trump puppet. There's one of Putin who's in a sort of S&M gear with thug life tattooed across his chest. So yeah, there's kind of an interesting selection of people what they did for the pilot. It will be puppets again and they will be doing the, the same sort of humour is the idea. Yeah, it was so iconic. I mean, I, I remember the original series and I remember the the puppets they had these rubber puppets where you could put your fingers and thumb in the faces yes. and they were so terrifying to look at and and grotesque in that very traditional you know newspaper caricaturists fashion but brought to life in a way they probably never should have been but yeah. worked so well and i think um there's a lot of things they could possibly use nowadays uh, yes. of, uh, uh, yeah i can see that there's a lot of material of all of all the the decades to bring spitting image back this is probably the one where it's easiest for them to do the the writing <laughs> yes i think so. that was that was sort of roger law's idea he he just describes the show as public service satire which i think is a perfect description of it so yes, um, the show that writes itself yeah i'm i'm very very interested to see what they do with this and, and whether it actually goes forward so uh, yeah as i say they've done a pilot it's not actually got a network yet but they are in advanced talks with people about sort of where it might end up i imagine itv would be fighting for it but uh, we'll see so yes spitting image returning after 23 years so that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to the interview The interview this week is with Matt Quayle, who we've interviewed numerous times before. He is Ryan Murphy's go-to composer. Uh, He works on The Politician, which has just been released on Netflix. He's also working on Ratched, which is the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest prequel that uh, they're doing for Netflix as well. So he's also working on that. He works on Mr. Robot as well, uh, which is not a Ryan Murphy show, uh, but uh, it's a Sam Ishmael show, but he works on that. He works on the American Horror Story, which got him his first Emmy nomination for Freak Show. He did Pose. Uh, he does 9911, which he co-composes with Todd Haberman. He received Emmy nominations for Feud Betty and Joan. He also received consecutive World Soundtrack Award nominations for Feud Betty and Joan, Mr. Robot, and Scream Queens in the same year. There's lots and lots of things to talk about. This was a quick interview just to catch up with what the, the stuff he's working on, talk a little bit about the politician and other things that he's been doing. So here's the interview with Matt Quayle. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. 
So how are things? Busy. Yes, I can imagine they are. Ryan Murphy keeps on throwing shows at you to work on. He's just, uh, I don't know how he does it. I no. mean, I don't know how I do it, but I really don't know how, <laughs> how Ryan does it. It's just, uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, and juggling all the things at once as well, because there are a lot coming back, because we're coming back up into that season of TV again. So you've just got a new one coming up, which is The Politician, which comes out at the end of September. Yes. Which is Netflix, which is a slight change for Ryan, because he's usually on uh, FX, isn't he? So I think this is the first time we've spoken when actually all the shows that you're on are actually airing in the UK. Oh, right. Well, that's good. The Politician, I guess, is where we should probably start given that that's the new one this is a really interesting sounding show and it's got to be an interesting mix musically as well because you've got the sort of high school teen drama but you're mixing political stuff in there as well so how do you approach the music for that that was a big question mark when we started working on it yeah and um we did a lot of experimenting and then finally landed on a sound that you know speaks to a, a number of different sort of characteristics of the show you know it's it's fun the show is fun yeah the music the music the music needed to be fun w- with politics in the show and in and in real life there's you know there's like always like stuff going on there's people scheming and trying to manipulate things and <laughs> the conspiracy theories and and the capers and like all this stuff and so the, and so the music needed to speak to that as well to help tell the parts of the story that are that sort of resemble a caper you know or, or a conspiracy and then the third ingredient, which doesn't necessarily represent the characters so much, but you know, this this takes place in Santa Barbara, right. which of course has this, like a lot of Southern California, it has a big sort of Spanish history to it. Right, yeah. And so we kind of infused the music with a little bit of a Latin flavor. And, you know, even though like the, the story and the characters don't really have that flavor, it just it just kind of works. It kind of gives it this fun thing. So those three elements all mixed together and performed with a palette of instruments that include nylon string guitar, upright bass, piano, trumpet, strings, and percussion. Okay, this is sounding really interesting. I know you were you posted on Twitter that you were quite excited for people to actually hear the music properly for this, so I am quite looking forward to it. The Latin stuff sounds like an interesting twist, and that sort of does fit in with the sort of fun element because I think a lot of the Latin music tends to be quite fun and upbeat and stuff so that I see how that works yeah I, I think it makes it fun and it's it's not um I mean there, there are some pieces of music that are quite Latin but mostly it's just a flavor it's yeah. like a little it's like a little flavor in there a little spice added to um to the sound and um if there is another flavor in there too I'm gonna say classical music so right. there's a little bit of a classical music with the Latin spice on it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. This really is sounding interesting. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, the classical stuff sort of fits in maybe more with the statement like politics 
competition-y stuff, I guess. So, yeah. Wow. That's going to be interesting. I mean, with it being a sort of teen thing as well, and a high school thing, I'm guessing they're going to be using quite a lot of pop music and stuff. Is that sort of been mixed in? I mean, I know that's not your side of things, but is that sort of mixed in as well? There's always, in any Ryan Murphy project, there's going to be some music in there, uh, some songs, and in my opinion, they're always very well chosen. Yeah. For all of his projects, they're, they're so appropriate for, for whatever it is. And and I think so in, in this show as well. Yes, there there is pop music, but it's not for the most part like really obvious choices. There's some, like some really interesting songs they've picked that really uh, complement the, the feeling of the show, but aren't something like necessarily like plucked from top 40 current top 40 radio or anything yeah. like that. I mean, when does Ryan ever do anything that's obvious? So, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I am very much looking forward to that coming out because it, it is a really interesting sounding show and the fact that it's on Netflix. So it means we get it at the same time as you for a change. So. Right. I'm so curious to see what people think of it. Yeah. Um, you know, you can use different words to describe it and the high school drama, the, the political stuff, rich people acting badly. I think Ryan was quoted as saying, um, but it's like trying to describe, well, what does an apple taste like? You can't really, yeah. you can't describe that. You have to, you have to take a bite out of it and see. And so this show is like that. It's like, it's kind of hard to really describe what it is. And I'm, I'm curious to, to see what, what people make of it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. The other show that you've got returning for its final season as well is Mr. Robot, which I love. Have you made any changes musically for the final season of that? I mean, we're building upon the foundation we've we've you know created and expanded over the last three seasons. That's certainly the core sound is dark electronic, and you know we we continue to push it out in one direction or another away from that. But no, I'm, there's, there's no like big departure in the sound. Okay, so is it nice to be able to sort of jump from genre to genre? And is is it sometimes difficult getting your head out? of one space and into another. I mean, I do, I do enjoy it, but depending on how much I have to jump around and how short of a time period, it can be a little, (laughs) my head, my head can sort of be spinning. I'm not sure, not sure where I am, but you know, I was, I was going through, um, a sort of a period uh, several months ago where I was working on yet another new show of Ryan's Ratchet. Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds fabulous as well. That's uh, another Netflix series, isn't it? I think it is. Yes, it is. That score is, in a way, cut from a similar cloth to the music I did for Ryan's show Feud. Yes, it's a period orchestral score, very inspired by Bernard Herrmann and, and others, and you know, challenging, very challenging to create. It's not in the center of my wheelhouse. I mean, it was never, yeah. it wasn't in my wheelhouse at all until Feud, and now it's kind of on the fringes. You know, it's just like uh, right outside the window of my <laughs> wheelhouse, maybe. So. Yeah, very, very challenging music to write. And then season two of Pose started up Yeah. Um, wh- while I was in the throes of that. And, you know, the score to Pose is this throwback to 80s electronic scores, very synthesizer-based. The music that I do for it is mostly um, the sort of emotional heart of the show. It's much more simple music than, than, say, Ratchet. Right. And so I would spend days, like, toiling over these 
complex orchestral arrangements for Ratchet, I would then go and, and it was almost like taking a little vacation to work on Pose, the soothing emotional <laughs> synthesizer pad sounds. It was like a breath of fresh air that would sort of rehabilitate me to then dive back into the, the intensity of Ratchet again. Yeah, no, I think sometimes those sort of juxtapositions can be quite nice, I guess, when you're working on these sort of things. One of the other shows, which I think you were working on previously, but hadn't actually aired over here last time we spoke, uh, 911, which now has a UK home as well. That I absolutely love. And I know you work on that with uh, Todd Haberman. How's that going? How is that to sort of get into? Because it's a more traditional procedural, but with quite a nice twist, I guess, that show. Yeah. I mean, again, it's another, it's a whole other thing that is uh, very different from the other shows. The fact that it is a procedural makes it a bit different. And then that twist that you mentioned, I think it would be safe to say the twist is, is Ryan Murphy. Like that's the twist, you know? Like that's the twist. It has, it has this, uh, these, these things in it that uh, you don't see in most procedurals. And I I feel like that's, what's really, uh, aided its success. It's been quite popular and yeah, the, the music is doing a similar job that it does in the other shows that aren't procedurals helping to tell the story, helping to push emotion over here, push it over there. But yeah, there's not so many big story arcs um, that go on throughout a season. There's some, there's definitely some stuff with characters that, that continues through the episodes, but, but each episode is, uh, is contained that has a number of different uh, emergencies or rescues that happen in an episode. And then, and then that story is, is pretty much done. Yeah. I do really love that show. It's one of, I don't watch that many procedurals and I like them to have something a little different if they if I'm gonna kind of get into one and I think 911 does that brilliantly you've also got the American horror story coming up which changes every year and we're back in the 80s I mean you've been in the 80s with Pose you're now in the 80s with American horror story though I'm guessing they're rather different <laughs> those two soundtracks getting your hands on a sort of slasher movie how was that for you again lot, lots of fun I seem to keep staying in the 80s <laughs> um, I've done <laughs> I've done I've done a lot of 80s throwback stuff and you know Scream Queens yeah. what, what was not was not set in the 80s and you know another Ryan show Yes cuz we we were we were very influenced by 80s horror scores but not trying to really make it sound like it was in the 80s yeah. you know like oh we're going to we're going to use these influences and do this modern score and that was a lot of fun too but here with with uh, AHS 1984 we're just going for it we're like immersed in the 80s and really just uh you know i've been trying like to to not have it sound modern at all now i'm sure it's going to because <laughs> we are it is 1999 uh, right now right oh no wait it's, it's 2019 yes it's 2019 and so um so it's gonna there's gonna be some modern stuff but i keep like oh wait that sound yeah it's a little too modern let's replace it with something more retro so really just trying to be immersed in the 80s and give it that that feeling <laughs> yeah i am quite looking forward to it. i'm not hugely into horror but the fact that it's kind of these he's gone for this sort of 80s slasher thing and being an 80s child that really rather appeals to me so uh, i think i i might go and take a look at that because i know it's going to be quite different to do unique 
American crime story as well, which we talked quite a lot about Versace last time. Presumably you're going to be working on the next one, which they announced recently, which is the impeachment, which puts you back in the 90s again. And also is political. So you're sort of crossing over once again there, I guess, as well. Yes. Sounds like it's going to be an interesting project. And they have mentioned it to me. Um, I believe we'll start up uh, in the spring. Yeah. So, you know, the, the first two installments of that series have been rather spectacular. So I would expect nothing less from, from this one. Yeah. Again, very different, I suspect, from the other shows that you've done that are set in the 90s and the other political show that you've done. So, you know... As a more sort of general question, I'd like to know when composers have picked up maybe slightly unusual instruments. So I just wondered if there's anything like particularly odd in your collection. Yes, the most odd recent thing that I have, it's it's an electronic instrument. Okay. And it's called the Resonant Garden. Interesting. Okay. And it kind of looks like, like a small modular synthesizer that has short guitar strings sticking out of the top of it. <laughs> okay. What, what? And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what does it what sort of sound do you get out of it? Is it a sort of electronic sound or It is. It okay. is electronic. You sort of tap or pluck the guitar strings and then it gets manipulated by a digital effects processors. Interesting. That yeah, that, yeah, that, that goes under the unusual instruments type, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. So uh what's next for you? Well there is a there is a nine one one spin-off. Oh yeah, Lone Star. Yes. The Rob Low, I believe, is starring in, yes. if I'm correct about that. Yes. So you're doing that one? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. So that's uh should be should be fun as well. That should be cool. In typical Ryan Murphy style doesn't seem to have any connection directly to uh, the original show. So it's a spin-off but not exactly a spin-off which sounds quite fun. <laughs> yeah, and I I guess it's unknown. You know, who there could be some sort of connection, but at the moment I my understanding it's it's basically going to be just the similar type of show yeah. um about rescues, first responders but set in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I definitely looking out for that because i will watch watch rob low in anything last two questions for you that we always ask everybody first one is what tv shows are you watching at the moment i just finished two that i very much like and the handmaid's tale yes. season three brilliant yes uh, fantastic and then dark the german show oh yeah yeah that's running on netflix so yes i've heard that's very good very good yeah, yeah. and last one if you had the opportunity to work on any show past present or future which show would it be ah uh. Oh, any show past, present or future. That's tough. <laughs> I think future. I'm so itching to do some science fiction. <laughs> Weirdly, that's what you said last time as well. So I know, you're like, I know. And you're I, still and I waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so science fiction created by somebody, somebody great. Well, I wonder, I wonder how Ryan Murphy you, would, you need would, do, to, would do science fiction. Yeah, you see, I mean, Ryan Murphy science fiction will be awesome. You really need to twist his arm on that. Get him to come up with something. <laughs> Because he needs more projects. I yeah, think. absolutely. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> also, so, yeah, Sam Esmail, I'm sure, would, would slay some science fiction. He absolutely um, would, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. So thank you for chatting again. I will hopefully get to talk to you again. I will try not to leave it like 20 months next time. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day. I will talk to you soon. Cheers. Take care. Bye. So that was the interview with Matt Quayle. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, as he mentions at the end of the interview there, the next thing he wants to do is a sci-fi. Uh, he's been desperate 
the last two times we spoke to him, he's wanted to do a sci-fi. He may actually now get the chance because Sam Ishmael is doing a reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Say reboot. It sounds like it's set in the Ronald D. Moore version of Battlestar Galactica world. So he might finally get his opportunity to do that, which would be quite cool. Uh, The Politician is out now on Netflix. You can get American Horror Story 1984 on Thursday nights on Fox. And Mr. Robot returns later this week, as you will hear in the upcoming highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week on TV. We have RuPaul's Drag Race UK, which is coming to BBC Three from the 3rd of October at 8pm, which is RuPaul's Drag Race set in the UK. We have Catherine the Great coming to Sky Atlantic on the 3rd of October as well at 9pm. And uh, this is Helen Mirren as Catherine the Great. You have to have been living under a rock to having not seen a a trailer for this because they've been posting it everywhere. Swamp Thing, the DC universe. Universe series. It will be premiering on Amazon Prime on the 4th of October. That was very controversially cancelled after one season. Uh, in fact, I think yeah, they cancelled it after one episode had aired, which um, seems to have been a bit of a mistake because it was actually quite popular. But if you want to see that one season, you can now go and watch it on Amazon Prime from the 4th of October. Big Mouth, the animated adult comedy, is back for its third season on Netflix. That's on the 4th of October as well. Also on the 4th of October, Raising Dion, which is an hour long sci-fi fantasy drama about a single mother who discovers her young son has multiple constant changing abilities that's based on a comic book it looks really good as well so uh, that's raising dion that's on the 4th of october on netflix mr robot returns for its fourth and final season on the 7th of october that's on amazon prime i'm very very much looking forward to that i'll see how they wrap all that up also back this week the walking dead for its 10th season on fox uk that's on the 7th of october October. You can uh, catch me and Matt doing the Walking Dead UK podcast. We'll be doing that on Wednesdays over on Entertainment Talk if you want to go and catch a bit more about The Walking Dead. So that's back on the 7th of October at 9pm. Yeah, the next thing I had on my list was the Terror Infamy coming to AMC Global on the 7th of October at 9pm. However, if you're on Sky, you might find that from Thursday, AMC isn't on there anymore because it looks like the channel is being moved from Sky. Not entirely sure on the reasoning for that. I'm trying to find out a bit more about it from Sky, but uh, that was sort of revealed last night that it looks like AMC Global is moving off Sky for the moment. So if you've got BT, you'll be able to watch it. If you're one of the six people that has a BT subscription, it will be on there. But uh, it looks like AMC is not going to be on Sky anymore. So um, yeah, that's a bit unfortunate. Blacklight Lightning Season 3 should be starting on the 8th of October on Netflix if you want to go and watch that. And Zomboat comes to ITV2 on the 8th of October at 10pm, which is a zombie comedy set on a canal boat in Birmingham, uh, which for descriptions, I think, goes down from one of the weirdest descriptions of the year so far. That one, uh, that is on ITV2 on the 8th of October. That arrives. I think that sounds brilliant. (laughs) It sounds 
kind of Simon Pegg-like. It does. It does sound very Simon Pegg-like. They did a show called Time Westers, which has done a couple of seasons, which sounds very similar, kind of strange, weird ITV2 sci-fi, British sci-fi vein. So, um, yeah, I think it it looks like it could be quite fun, that. So, yes, but Zomboat, that's called 8th of October on ITV2 at 10pm for that. And that is everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. No, no, I guess just, um, yeah, for anyone that's going to be at Play, EGX or MCM, come say hi to to both of us, really, because it's going to be all of the crazy and all of the excite. Yes, it is. I will be at MCM. I'm not at the others, but go and see Bex if you're at the the other ones. And uh, if they want to find you in the meantime, they can find you where? You can find me as Trista Bytes, spelt B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I'd be funny and do a geek-based pun in my name. I'm over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. (laughs) Yes, and go and check out the Twitch feed. It's very funny, and you can insult her in real time. It's great. Um, So, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date info. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Insult me in real time. Really. <laughs> I pimp this podcast every time you turn up in the stream. Yes. And that's the thanks I get. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.